Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Pastor Willie is like one of the most faithful, the most honorable, I mean, most dedicated pastors I've had a chance to meet. And many of my Pauls, the people who disciple me, cannot but speak highly enough of Pastor Willie. So thank you so much. That's right. And so I just want to also praise God for this opportunity to speak. I'm really going to be praying that God comes and, and gives a timely word for you also. I pray the Holy Spirit comes and does his work. So in, in Jesus' name, Father, we just thank you so much, God, that you are good. And that, God, you're going to come and do what you do best, which is change lives and set us in a direction that glorifies you. So, God, we thank you so much in Jesus' name. So I'm going to be discussing three things today. First is culture, boredom, and the Holy Spirit. You might be asking, well, what is that all about? This is pretty confusing, and you will get a chance to understand. So we're going to first start with this culture. So uh, if you know a little bit about me, I'm, I'm from a military family. We traveled all over, uh, get a chance to follow my dad as he served in the Army, so proud Army family. And I got a chance to spend four years at one of the be- probably the best university in all the world, which is Virginia Tech. Not too far from here, not too far from here. And so, but I get the chance to spend time in the, in the college culture. You have every temptation. You have all these, these issues going on. The, the culture is so pervasive. And this is really the town you guys are in with Liberty is actually more of a blessed school in the sense that it's, it's more Christian associated. But it's still that college culture nonetheless. And so it's also we have this technology thing that's been such a big thing in, uh, in everyone's lives. And you think about the culture that's coming up right now, the next generation, they're actually growing up without ev- never having a smart, without having, not having a smartphone. Like, we have two, three-year-olds who are more uh, cognizant on, on smartphones than their parents. And that's what they're being grown up into. I've seen countless times people have the iPad. This is my new babysitter. Here you go, son. We're going to hang out with the adults so you can, get, you can have your, your iPad babysit you. I mean, this is literally the culture we're, we're in today. And you might get frustrated seeing all these issues. And i got even some sad statistics to share with you. The number of Americans with no religious affiliation has grown by 25% over the past five years. Wow. And is it even, is it even crazier? Is of those people, 88% said they are not looking for any religion. So this is really the culture that we're in today, and it's really sad. So, you know, we have, like, no absolute morality. I can't tell you how much we heard that in college, like, truth is relative, which is so unbiblical. <laughs> you got depression. You have it, it, human trafficking has been, is terrible nowadays. The, uh, if you didn't know this, persecution in the, in the Christian church has never been higher in all of history. I know you might, we're not, we might probably privileged in America. We don't see it as bad. We're, we're labeled haters for wanting to share love. But it, it's, across the world, it is higher than it's ever been. You know, God has taken out of schools and governments. And I, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm saying these things to you to tell you that the culture we're in is not ideal. It's pretty sad. It's pretty depressed. But I am thoroughly convinced of something, and I want to share this with you, is that we are called to be the light of the world. If you would pull up Matthew 5, it says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And listen, you guys are in church. You've probably heard this many, many times, but I want you to pay careful attention. This is what Jesus is calling you to do. The next part of the verse says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Someone say glorify. Come on. We get to glorify God? What an exciting opportunity. This is what he's made us for. 
Amen. So we have these two different sides, right? You have a very pervasive culture that if it ever believed in God, it would hate God. It's just so sad. And you have that Christ is calling us to be the light of the world. And these two things are pulling on each other. And it's constant, every day in and out. And so you might be asking, well, what are we supposed to do? Right? What are we supposed to do? And I've got one simple solution. Check this. One simple solution. Check this. Don't be a bored Christian. I'm talking about boredom. Don't be a bored Christian. Uh, Christians today find themselves saying that they're, they're bored, and I, I honestly don't, I don't get it. We're called to be like Jesus and make disciples, you know, living by faith, following the Holy Spirit. I mean, how can you be bored? You know, Jesus calls us to step out in big ways and, and, and following him. It's not a comfort zone he wants us to stay in. I can guarantee you that. It is not a comfort zone. He calls us out of that. You know, and it doesn't have to be something crazy. I'm not saying God is going to call you right now to go to Africa and preach the gospel for the rest of your life. It can be something as small as just follow what the Holy Spirit says. And we have a pastor, Mark Hurley. He's a great guy. He was, I have a story from him. He was driving home from work. It was like 11 o'clock at night, pitch black. He lives on a sm- somewhat country road. And then his house is a quarter mile down a gravel street. So he's getting ready to pull down the gravel street down into his house late at night. And he heard the Holy Spirit say, stop. So he stopped. He's like, all right, God, what are you doing? Let's, let's see what you're up to. Waits a couple minutes, you know, three, four minutes went by. And the next thing he knows, he sees these lights come down the long end of the country road, just coming down real, real slow. And he goes, okay, God, let's see, let's see what you're up to. The car comes down, down the hill and breaks down in front of his driveway. And so he says, all right, God, let's see what you're up to. So he walks over and knocks on the window. And there's a lady there, and she, was, she barely spoke any English. And he said, oh, miss, how can I help you? And she said, my car broke down, and I have no phone to call for help. He goes, all right, God, well, we can do this. So he invites her, him and his wife, they take her back to the house, get her taken care of, you know, get a phone call out, her car taken care of. And it's, he told me, it's like, it's just so cool. It could be the smallest thing where God just says, hey, stop right here for a moment and see what I'm going to do. Guys, we're on an adventure when we're following Jesus. It is not a, a thing of boredom, I can guarantee you. Now, I have another end of the story. I have a, a, where God called me to go to Virginia Tech. We knew it for a fact. My family prayed over this. And I was in my third year coming home for the summer. We had three months off. I remember I did not have these things figured out. I did not have, we've been trying to, but we, a place to live, a car to drive, or, or a job to pay the bills. You know, these are, these are pretty big things. You have to be in internships and, and do college stuff. And so the whole summer, almost every day, my, my siblings, my mom and my dad are helping me find a place to live, a car to drive, a job. And literally nothing was panning out. I mean, I, I, it, I remember becoming so stressed. I, wrote, I pulled my journal out and wrote these things. I said, there's three things I do not know. Very important. Where I'm going to live, what I'm going to drive, or where I'm going to work. But then I, I remember looking at this, and it, it gives me chills seeing my, my journal say this. The next three things were, but three things I do know. One, God is a loving God, and he loves me to an unimaginable extent. Two, he is sovereign, he is in control. And three, he is a wise father who knows how to take care of his kids. And guys, I came down to a week before I had to be on campus in class. One week. And in two, like two or three hours, in one afternoon, I got three phone calls. Someone say three. The first phone call, the mom said, hey, listen, we got a car. We decided to buy it for you. We're going to bless you with this. We're going to get you this car. The third, I got a call from a, a job up in Blacksburg. It's a nice restaurant. He said, hey, listen, we're going to hire you. The second you're back in town in Blacksburg, we're gonna, you can come and start working. The third is the guy finally got back in touch with me. After a repeated phone call, he said, hey, listen, we'll get the housing situation worked out. We're gonna, we're, you just got to pick the keys up on your way to school and you can move right in. I'm like, won't God? (laughs) 
Because he wants to take you on an adventure. We have to trust him. And when it is not convenient, but it is exciting. And, you know, there's another story. We, know we got the chance to, I got a chance to be uh, called to go to Grace Church. And when I moved to North Carolina, I did not get the job there working there. I was there for six months in North Carolina working. You know, God had blessed taking care of that. But when I finally got on staff, like, man, it was just so cool to see God re- reveal those things and bring those things to pass. And since being on staff, we've seen many salvations. We've seen moves of God where students are coming up to us and asking us to get baptized. You know, I get to baptize a, a student I've been discipling. He was like, I'm done being a fake Christian. I want to I follow all that God ha- has for me. I mean, that was so exciting. And I got to see, we got to see healings take place. We saw, just, just this last week at a youth camp, we saw shoulder injuries, knee injuries, back injuries, even a girl with scoliosis and terrible pain get healed. I mean, God will. And, oh, this is another cool story. I, I got a chance to go to Sly Fox. It's one of the restaurants, nicer restaurants up there in town in uh, Southern Pines. There was this young man named Dean. Now, if I can give you a little backstory on Dean. He told me to my face, he said, Thomas, if I believed there was a God, I would hate him. He said, if I believed there was a God, I'd hate him because of what he's done or, or what he was not doing in my life and around me. So that's where this man was of God. And so I, I would try to pray for him in my own time. And then when I whip him, I'd try to share the gospel and just tell him that Jesus loves him and you know, he's always pretty much fighting that, fighting that against me. And then there was this one day I was in there, and, and I went to him. And I said, hey, Dean, like, you know, what's going on with your life? And he said, I have this terrible heart condition. He said, I'm going to get a checkup, and I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm going to get really bad news tomorrow. I go to the doctors. I said, hey, I know it's hard, but hey, can I pray for you, buddy? He said, yes. I was like, oh, well, let's go. We're, this is an open door. So I put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, Lord Jesus, we just pray, God, right now for Dean, that you would show that you love him. God, we would heal this heart injury right now in Jesus' name. We prayed for him. And then... He afterward gave me the biggest hug and said the deepest, like, just thank you. He was so thrilled that I would pray for him. I mean, won't God open those doors? And I'll tell you this, actually, last week I had a chat with him, get this. He said he went to the doctor's appointment, and they said they think the heart condition went away. I'm like, Dean might not know it, but God has Dean's number. <laughs> That's right. So now I want to tell you something about a boat. You guys will be saying, well, what, we're, in, we're in church. Why would we need a boat? Or what's the, what's the boat have to do with anyone? You want to help me out real quick, Austin? I want to share something, and I hope this reverb doesn't get bad when we sit down, about a boat. And so, many of you guys might remember these little toy boats from the sand, going to the sand, the beach and stuff, right? Pretty fun to play with. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you to think of your life as being like this. Now, is a boat, I want to hear some participation, is a boat of any value if it's in a dock or in a trailer? No. It's bored. That whole don't be a bored Christian, it's bored. So Christians are to be like boats, and culture is like water. You see, the boat is in the water, but the water is not in the boat. You see, John 17 says we are sent into the world. Someone say into. But we're not to be of the world. Someone say of. So a boat that stays docked on a trailer is useless. If it's just going to stay out here, it's got no value whatsoever. And I think for some of you, God is calling you to, to... Step out of your comfort zone and get in the water. Get in the journey and follow Jesus. You know, see what kind of faith there is out there and what, what God's going to do. Now, some of you, though, have had the culture affect your life. Where you said, all right, we're going we're to step out in the water. We're going to see what God's doing. But then you let those, those, those compromises take place and the, and the boat got full of water and the boat sank. And you're sitting in the bottom of the, of, the, of the bay and you're just wondering, God, what are you doing? I don't want to follow you. I don't want to follow you right now. It, it hurts. It's painful. It was awful. And it is sad when the boat sinks. But I'll tell you something. Jesus can restore. 
He can restore. And for some of you, man, your boat sank, and you tried to follow God, and it sank terrible, and it was painful. But I'm telling you, God is telling you to get back on the water. Let him restore you, and let him get you ready to go out. And I want to tell you something. This is important. Don't compromise. We share the truth and love as Christians, but we do not compromise. The way we preach the gospel may change, but the gospel itself will never change. Jesus died in our sin. He died for us. He died for our sins. So you've got to be a people that's not afraid to step out and share what God has done in your life. Get in the water, but don't let the water get in you. And so it's hard. I might, you might be thinking, like, well, that's really hard. We've tried being a part of the culture. We've tried affecting people and sharing the gospel, and we've got pushback and pushback from this really sad, depressed culture. But I want to encourage you that the same Holy Spirit that lives in you, someone say in me. Come on, someone say in me. Is the same Spirit that rose Christ from the grave. And so you are God's plan A. Don't forget this. And I want to share Acts 4.17 because I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult. But let me pull this verse up. It says, and this is the, this, the Pharisees talking. It says, but in order that it may spread no further among, to the, among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name, which is Jesus. So they had called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. You see, the disciples were making these huge impacts in the early church. And it was, it was shaking things up. It was moving things around. And it made the religious people very upset and very anxious. And they made it as hard as possible for those disciples. But I love this, the next verse. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. Good. But this is the best part. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. This is powerful. You guys, they've seen Jesus come back from the dead. They can't help but share this, that he died for our sins, that he is the true Messiah, that he stepped up. Man, and this is how you impact culture. You step up, and you share what God's doing in your life. And it's really simple. I've got five just simple things to do. It's go out, meet people, love people, share Jesus, disciple others. Five simple things. Go out, meet people, love people, share Jesus, and disciple others. This is what Jesus did. It's that simple. It may be stepping out of your comfort zone. It may be stepping out of your comfort zone and saying, walking down the street and meeting a new neighbor and saying, how you doing? Or meeting someone. Or in the grocery line. How many of us have been caught in a long line at the grocery store? Raise your hand. Or checking out anywhere. Man, that person in front of you, you have no idea what they're going through. Great opportunity to meet someone. Great opportunity. Or even could be at work. I know, a lot of, I know that's a hard one. You're thinking, that person would never get saved. You may not know that's the person, very person that Jesus might be calling to, or to be the next Paul, the one that go preaches to the people who would never believe, right? And Paul is a murderer. And so it's very simple. Meet people, and then you get, and one of the ways you can do that is just talking to someone in the grocery line, asking them questions. You know, people love to share. It's very simple, very practical. Ask them questions. Say, hey, what's, what's going on in your life? What's your story? People love to share about themselves. And then when it comes to loving them, like Jesus did with the, with the, the woman who was caught in adultery, he said, neither do I condemn you. He had the opportunity to right there cast that stone. He said, neither do I condemn you. I'm going to love you. But go and sin no more. He brought it back to the truth. Now, when it comes to loving people, you can mean, I mean, cards. I can't tell you how valuable and how much that's become a commodity in, this, in today's age, writing a thank you card. I mean, it makes a huge difference that you have someone to say, have you thought of me enough to write me a card? Or maybe helping them with errands or cooking them a dish or even just as simple as remembering their names. Right, Zita? Come on, I love it. 
And then when he comes to sharing Jesus, it's so simple. You can just ask to pray for someone like I did with Dean. Say, Dean, can I pray for you? I mean, it'll open up such doors. You know, learn to share the gospel in two minutes. This is a hard challenge, but you can do it. Learn to share the gospel in two minutes. They can't, I mean, I had a lady at the beach one time. She was driving down. What was it? I said, God, the next person I see, I'm going to talk to me. I'm going to share the gospel with. And she walked up and said something. I was like, all right, well, I know you're God calling us to do this. And then she immediately got a, a call saying, hey, we're going to need your help at a, at a, right now. And I, she said, I have two minutes. I'll give you two minutes. I said, perfect. In a minute and a half, I share the gospel. <laughs> they said, ha, now you go accept Jesus now. You can go, go save that person's life and bring them to Jesus too. You know, whatever. But I, I think it's a challenge to be able to share the gospel in two minutes because you can do that anywhere. And the great opening point is evangelism explosion. If you've never heard of this curriculum, it's awesome. You just have two basic questions. Someone say two basic. Two basic questions. And the first one is, if you were to die right now, where would you go? You know, open up the heaven, heaven and hell thing right there. And then the second question is, why? Because you might get people to say, well, I'm a good person. I'd probably go to heaven. I love you, so I'm going to share the truth. That's actually not at all scriptural. Because all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. So we all need Jesus. Boom, evangelism explosion. It opens up these doors. But you guys got this. God, God has equipped you to do these things. It's not like a hard thing. You have to go get this massive training in a Bible college. You know, God calls the saints to do the ministry. He calls a pastor, like, this, like, like an awesome, dedicated man like Pastor Willie, to equip you to do it. But you're called to do the ministry. And God has equipped you to do it. Don't feel like you're not qualified or you're not ready or it's uncomfortable because... I'm going to guarantee you it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be exciting. And you've got this. And so, man, lastly is make disciples. And this in the, in, is found in Matthew 28. It says, go into all the nations, teach them to, and make disciples. Teach them to obey all Jesus has commanded you. That word is actually math et uo. Math et uo is the word to, to make disciples. And all math et uo really means is to instruct someone and to train them. A disciple is just someone who's been trained or instructed. Man, if, you, if you're a welder, if you've got someone who you're training up and they actually learn how to weld and you're like able to actually leave the room and then not destroy something, that's the, they've, been, they've been trained up, they've been discipled, they've been made ready. We're called to make disciples of Christ. Man, and I'll, I'll tell you, that's a good thing too because I don't want anyone to learn to be like me. I'm like, nope, you're going to follow me as I follow Christ. We're going to be more like Jesus together. I, I mean, it could be as simple when, you're, when I'm, the people I disciple, I just go very basic stuff. You know, how do you do devotionals? How do you read the Bible? You, I walk them through that, help them, or have them do it with me. You know, it could be as simple as saying, how do, how do you hear from God? Sharing with them how I hear from God personally, through the scriptures or through time in prayer. You know, how do you love others? Or, this is my favorite one, how do you respond when life is difficult? I knew this lady, uh, Michelle Anthony, she would disciple these young ladies, and she would bring them into, into her homes, like these young college-age ladies, and said, I want you to see how I react when my husband talks back, or, or my, my husband and I get into a fight. Or, I want you to see how I, how I react when my kids disobey me. Because I want you to see the real, raw thing. That's how you disciple someone. You invite them into your life. Man, praise God. It's some good stuff. Because my last point is most important. I said I talk about three things. Culture, boredom, don't be, the, don't be a boat in the dock, and the Holy Spirit. The reality is we are toast. Someone say toast. We are toast if we don't have God helping us. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless God's doing the hard work, man, we have no hope at all. But this is exciting because he equipped us for it. So we need the Holy Spirit, and this is God's Spirit. And the cool thing about God's Spirit is he actually made us to be his dwelling place. He wants to live inside of us, speak to us, lead us, guide us. But we need to pray for this. 
Acts 1.8 is powerful. It says, you will receive power, he said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Someone say the ends of the earth. Come on. The disciples, they spent three years, three years with Jesus. They saw people come back from the dead. They saw him walk on water. They saw people get healed. They, I mean, they saw these massive miracles. And yet they were not equipped enough to follow and do what Jesus was calling them to do. They spent three years with this man, with the Son of God, and they were not equipped. Jesus said himself, he said, it's better I leave that you receive the Holy Spirit to help you. And he'll remind you of all the things I've done and said. You guys, we need the Holy Spirit. That is where the power lies. It is in God's Spirit. And so I'm going to encourage you guys. We're going to have some time of prayer today. And I, I'm, I, everyone needs prayer. I want to make this a very plain point. Robert Morris says this all the time. He says, no one needs to be ashamed to ask for prayer because everyone needs it. And right now, God is tugging on your heart, and you need to listen. Don't let this moment pass you by. Come get prayer. Get filled up and get going, because this city needs to see Jesus in you. If you want these roles filled, if you want this, this place equipped to go change the world, we need to get out there and show them who Jesus really is. And so, you guys, if, if you need Christ, this is the time to come up and say, I want to receive Christ. I want to surrender it to him. I want to find out what this whole Christian thing is about. This is your moment to do so. And if I can invite some of the prayer people up to come pray as well, that'd be great. You know, and if you need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit, if you're like, I want to I get filled up with God and have this power and go out and do the things he's called me to do, then you need to come up for some prayer. Or if you're going through something difficult and you don't see a solution at all, you need to come up for some prayer. And this is going to catch all of you. All of you. If you know someone who needs to come to Jesus, family, a friend, a coworker, you need to come up and get some prayer. And pray for them. So I'm going to close in prayer. And we're going, to, we're going to have a time of just, man, Holy Spirit, come fill this room. And I want you guys to get filled up so you can go out and fill this city with Jesus. So you can go out and make the impact that God's called you to. Because, guys, it's an adventure. So everyone bow their heads. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much, God, because you are good. God, you've equipped us for every good thing we need to do the works you've pre-planned for us. So, God, we glorify your name and say, bring your Holy Spirit. Fill us up to do everything you've called for us so we can go after all that you have. God, we thank you so much. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434 847 4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.